0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome. I'm glad to see you today. Um, I've missed you. <laughs> we we uh we weren't here last week. It's uh it was kind of a snowy, messy day, and uh, luckily luckily that has uh, has turned in our favor. The snow is melting away, and. Um, and we're glad to be here this this morning. So welcome. Welcome to everyone. Um, welcome to our guests especially. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you are here today and we welcome you and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way this morning. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We would like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out uh, so we could have a record of your attendance with us. Uh, just check the appropriate box. Give us uh, your name, address, phone number, uh, your first Firstborn child? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, any information you feel comfortable giving to us is fine, uh, and and it stays right here. We don't sell that information. So, uh, but a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, we will be having a blood drive on February the seventh. That's just a couple of couple of weeks away, on a Wednesday uh, afternoon. And so, if you would like to volunteer to help with that, or if you would like to set an appointment for you to. Uh, to give some blood, please see Jacob, and she's got the sign-up sheet, and she'll be glad to take that for you. Also, we are starting a, a study on Wednesday nights at five o'clock. It's called Run for God. Nora, Nora Hobson is uh, going to be leading that, and it's a it's a time for us to to prepare ourselves physically and spiritually for a five k run that we're going to be doing for Habitat in the spring. So, uh, uh, come and be a part. Of that, we were supposed to start last week because, but because of the weather, we didn't. We'll, but we'll be starting it uh, this week or walk or walk. Yes, I'm sorry, you you can run or walk. Uh, I will probably walk. Um, but also, uh, also coming up on February the 14th, and I know it's uh, that's Valentine's Day, but it also happens to be Ash Wednesday. That's the beginning of Lent. It's Ash Wednesday, and um, and we usually have an Ash Wednesday service where we begin the process of preparing ourselves, uh, begin the process of fasting and turning inward and thinking about our our, our, our preparation for Easter and the coming of Christ and just preparing ourselves spiritually to do that and as we've done for the past uh, several years we uh, we join together with First Christian Church and Zion UCC and um, and and observe Ash Wednesday together and we move it around from church to church I think it was here last last year but this year we will be observing uh, Ash Wednesday at Zion UCC on uh, Valentine's Day February the 14th and that'll be at 5 30 so we won't be having services here that night. It'll be at Zion. So uh, put that on your calendar, and we look forward to that, and we look forward to worshiping together today. So let me invite you now to stand and let us greet one another as you see the presence of Christ in each other.
1: I'm <laughs> All right, Mr. Marley, I the not Oh, I can let you doctor. This Oh, Okay. okay. I'm I'm I'm
0: together. Oh God, we have just sung some very important words, and we pray that we may take them seriously as we begin our worship together. Open our eyes, Lord, for we want to see Jesus. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to listen. In the busyness of each day and the stillness of this moment, God, You are ever-present. In our homes and in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, at work and at worship, God is calling us by name. God calls upon us to follow Jesus. God calls upon us to holy living. And so we pray today that our ears may be opened to hear God's Word. May our minds and our bodies be ready to respond. May we open our eyes that we may see Jesus. May we open our ears and help us to listen. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
2: Oh, it's an old guy can sit on the floor, come on down here and join me. Thank you. Good morning, how are you? I am chuffed. I just learned that on Good Morning America. It means delighted. And I'm delighted to be with the children of God. Thanks for asking. I appreciate that. That's very courteous and kind. You win. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner.
1: <laughs> Español? Escuche.
2: Correcto mundo? How about in Deutsch? German. Yeah, that's what it is. It's cartoon I say that because... It's just different words for listening. There's any number of ways we can listen. How do we listen to God? Yes, and yes. God speaks to us, we just have to recognize it you are to recognize it. Let's practice. Close your eyes. Everybody close their eyes. Everybody close their eyes. That means you too, Brad.
1: <laughs> close your eyes.
2: Close your eyes. And I'm, I'm going to pee. Okay. Did you hear that? And sometimes he just doesn't say it, but you got to look for it. And God does love you. Sometimes you just have to shut your eyes, shut out the world, and listen.
1: <laughs>
2: so this is a test. This is a test. What does God do? What does God do? He loves you. Don't forget that, no matter what happens. So listen, listen carefully, and those who listen are God's children. Thank you guys, and y'all are free to go upstairs.
3: Today's scripture will be read from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 and 19. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling at the other times. Samuel! Samuel! Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Master thou callest, and this I reply, ready and willing, Lord, here am I. Can you really say that? I hope you can, I hope you can. Um, unfortunately, I think that so often we we don 't listen to God, we don 't take the time to hear and to just hear the calling of God because we can't reply to God. We can't say ready and willing, here am I if we don't hear what God is saying. Sometimes we don't listen. And And listening takes a lot of hard work. Uh, over over 80 years ago, Jed Harris, who was a successful producer of plays, um, one of one of his most uh, famous works was Thornton Wilder's play Our Town. You probably remember that play from from years back. But in, in the middle of a of a lengthy season that was mixed with a lot of intense pressure and thousands of details to take care of, Harris began to lose his sense of hearing. He couldn't even hear what other people close to him were, were saying, and, and so he was missing crucial details during conversations, and this worried him. So Jed decided to to visit a renowned audiologist and, uh, who listened attentively as the producer narrated the sad events of his uh, his hearing loss. And then after a thorough examination, a physical examination of his ears and his eardrum, the the hearing specialist took a, a pocket watch out of his pocket and he placed it against the producer's ear. And he said, do you hear it ticking? And the producer said, absolutely, I hear that. And so the audiologist moved farther away in the room and held the watch up to the up, up to the office door there and, and Harris uh, uh, focused and, and then he said, "Yes, I still hear that ticking." So the doctor walked out of the room into the next room and then asked, "How about now?" and Harris said, "Yes, I still hear it." And so the specialist walked back into the office and said, This is a phenomenon that is quite common, especially among successful individuals. You see, your hearing is excellent, Mr. Harris. You've simply quit listening. Do you know anybody like that? They don't have a hearing problem, but they most certainly have a listening problem. Some of you spouses are punching each other in the ribs right now. Now, obviously, some people do have hearing problems. That happens, of course, especially later in life. And, but not nearly as often as people missing messages because they don't really listen. Robert Holden, in his book... Happiness Now tells about a husband and wife who, both in their late 70s, who decided after 55 years of marriage they were going to call it quits. And when their their counselor asked them why the wife issued a a catalog of reasons, he never asks if I'm happy, said the wife. And the husband said, I just assumed you were. He never says he loves me, said the wife. I thought you knew I loved you, said the husband. He never says I'm beautiful, says the wife. The husband replied, I look at you every day and admire your beauty. We rarely talk, said the wife wife, I know you like to read a lot, said the husband. I read because we don't talk, said the wife. And then there was a pause, and we never go out, she said. I thought you liked to stay in, said the husband. I only stay in because I'm waiting to go out, she said. And then the counselor continued to take notes, and then the wife said, he's also very mean to me. In what way, asked the counselor. Well, at breakfast, three times a week, for 55 years now, he always serves me the end piece of the loaf, and I hate the end piece. And the husband was distraught, and he said, I give you the end piece, my dear, because that's my favorite part of the loaf. To use a famous quote from Cool Hand Luke, what we have here is a failure to communicate. My friends, communication is so very vital to a successful life. And unfortunately, communication is more difficult than it seems. It can break down at any number of places the speaker must first uh, begin with an idea in his or her head but then that then that person must put that idea into words and what if the words don't adequately express the idea or what if the speaker does not speak clearly enough to allow the listener to hear In order for information to be adequately conveyed, the speaker must be able to use the right words to convey that idea. And the listener must be able to hear what is being said. And sometimes communication breaks down at the listening end. The listener must first hear what is being said. And then the listener must process what he or she heard. Which adds another layer of possible miscommunication. And then the listener must interpret what the the speaker said, along with all kinds of nonverbal cues as to what that means for the listener. So you see, the act of communication is really very complicated and, and especially listening. It's difficult. But let me tell you about somebody in the Bible who spent a lifetime listening. And in his case, though, he was listening to God. Many of you have heard this story many times, and it begins before uh, the passage that that was read a few moments ago. It begins with a very uh, touching scene of a holy woman. Her name was Hannah. And she was pleading with God to allow her to bear a son because she was barren. In fact, Hannah made a vow to God that if God would allow her to have a son, she would give that boy to the service of God all of the days of his life. Well, God answered Hannah's prayer. And she conceived and bore a son calling his name Samuel. Which means, get this, God has heard I think it's interesting that this story all about listening begins with God listening to Hannah, hearing her plea. And so Hannah followed through on her promise to give Samuel to God. As soon as he was weaned, Samuel was placed under the care and training of an old priest named Eli. Eli was losing his sight, but he was faithful in teaching young Samuel the ways of God. And then one night when Samuel was about 11 years old, he had a life-altering experience. He was lying in bed, and when he heard a voice in the night, and he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And Eli said, No, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. And he went back to bed. And again, the voice called Samuel. And once again, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel, it says, it tells us that Samuel had been studying about God. But the story indicates that he did not yet know God. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him, it says. I think that's interesting, don't you? And it just makes me wonder, could there be many people, including many adults, who have spent many years studying about God, but who do not actually know God? Maybe it's because they haven't been listening for God. And I run across it all the time. I I hear people speak, and I see people write things all of the time who claim to speak on behalf of God. But I'm left just shaking my head and wondering, what Gospels are they reading? It's not the ones I'm reading. But unfortunately, there is a tendency for all of us to put our agenda out there and try to give it legitimacy by claiming it's from God. But if we compare it to what God actually said, there's no resemblance. It happens a lot. But back to the story. A third time, the voice in the night called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling Samuel. And so Eli said to Samuel, that, You go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say this, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went back to his bed. The Lord came and stood there calling as he had at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Beautiful story about the call of one of Israel's greatest prophets. God spoke. Samuel listened. And then the 19th verse of this chapter says The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In other words, Samuel, who listened to God, had a lifelong relationship with God and a fruitful ministry. So today we want to spend a few moments dealing with the sacred power of listening. Wonderful things happen sometimes when, we, when we're willing to just listen. Now, the first thing that we need to realize today is that listening is not the same thing as hearing. It's, it's different. Hearing refers to the, the sounds that enter into your ears and bouncing off of your eardrums and, and making those bones do the things they do in, in your inner ear. And it's a physical process that, provided you, you don't have any hearing problems, it happens automatically. But listening, on the other hand, that requires... A lot more. It requires focus. It requires concentration. I heard about an 80-year-old grandfather who went to his daughter's house for Sunday dinner one day. And when the meal was over, he said he was going for a walk in the neighborhood. He said, I'll be back in 20 minutes. But two hours later, he finally returned. He said, I'm sorry I'm late, but I stopped to talk to an old friend of mine and he just wouldn't stop listening. (laughs) I like that. We've all known that there are peop- people who just won't stop talking. But blessed is the person who will not stop listening. That's a wonderful gift to give to someone, isn't it? To listen to them intently. It's a great honor that you can pay to someone to, to really listen to them As David Augsburger once said, an open ear is the only believable sign of an open heart. And so listening is not the same as hearing. It's something different. Listening requires intent. It requires focus. And, And one common problem that many people have is that instead of listening closely to what someone is saying... And we all do it. we get distracted. some of you are distracted right now, I know, and you 're wishing why oh, might not he just show up shut up But we get distracted. then after a sentence or two, and instead of, instead of listening, we start to think about what we 're going to say in reply. And if we're thinking about what we're going to say in reply, that means that we're not listening to the, really to what other, the other person is saying, and so we're, we're missing that opportunity to listen. So you see, hearing is not the same thing as listening. Listening takes work. And listening to someone, really listening to them, is a way of saying to them, you are important to me. You matter. Chuck Swindle says that he, he once found himself with too many commu- commitments and, and too little time. And we've all been there. He was getting nervous and he was get, getting tense about it. He He said, I was snapping at my wife and our children. I was choking down my meals. I was feeling irritated at those unexpected interruptions through the day. And before long, things around our home started reflecting the pattern of my hurry-up lifestyle, and it was becoming unbearable. Then he said, I distinctly remember after supper one evening the words of our younger daughter, Colleen. She wanted to tell me something important that had happened to her at school that day. And she began hurriedly, Daddy, I want to tell you something, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you really fast. And Swindle says that he suddenly realized her frustration. And he told her, Honey, you can tell me, and you don't have to tell me fast. Just say it slowly. And her answer was, Then listen slowly. Slowly. What she wanted to know was that her daddy cared enough about her to really listen. And you know, that's really what so many people hunger for, isn't it? When we listen to them, when we really listen, we are saying, you matter to me. You're important to me. And of course, the most important listening that we can do is to listen to God. God. You know it's interesting how much time Jesus spent in prayer. If you read the Gospels, you see him constantly going off to a lonely place, it says, or a deserted place, or a place by himself to pray, and and, and he obviously believed obviously believed that listening to God was important. And listen to this, folks. It's... Listen to this, folks. That wasn't planned. <laughs> But listen, it is God's deepest wish to direct God's children towards a positive and fulfilling life. But unfortunately, most of, most of us just never listen. And because we don't listen, we miss out on some of life's greatest joys. Doug Cole tells about meeting a young man named Bob, 30-year-old insurance executive, at a party one night, and Doug learned that that Bob was a new Christian. And so he asked him how things were going. Have you found a church? And Bob said yes. And Bob said, Have you? I mean, uh, Doug said, Have you found a Bible study? Yes, I'm involved in a Bible study. And and uh, and, and finally, Doug asked, How about how about your relationship with God and prayer? Well, Bob didn't have much going on there. He said he didn't know really much about that and how to really pray. And so Doug issued him a challenge. He said, i tell you what, I want you to pick something out, anything. I want you to pick something out. I want you to commit to pray for that, whatever it is, every day for the next six months. And the prayers that you use can be elaborate, they can be simple, they can be structured, they can be free-flowing, they can be listening or speaking to God, whatever. But Bob must pray at least briefly every day for this particular subject, whatever it is. And then Doug said, if at the end of six months God hasn't done something truly significant, I'll give you $500. Well, that got his, got his attention. So Bob accepted the challenge, but he didn't know what to pray for. I thought about it a little bit, and Bob, Bob and his wife lived in, in Washington, D.C., and with the city's international flavor, they decided that they would pray for a particular country every day. And Bob decided he would pray for Kenya. Well, not much happened for about four or five months. He prayed every day for Kenya, but this little prayer experiment wasn't yielding a whole lot of success here. And then one night, he sat down next to a woman at a dinner party, and guess what? She was from Kenya. (laughs) And she ran an orphanage there. And Paul says that he felt like ice water was suddenly running through his veins. He had been fantasizing about how to spend that $500 that Doug had promised him, but suddenly he had this strong image of a wad of $500 sprouting wings and flying away. So he asked for details about the orphanage, and he listened intently to her answers. She told Bob that nobody was really all that interested. Nobody had ever shown that much interest in what she was doing. And finally, she asked if he would consider flying to Kenya and see it for himself. He did. To make a long story short, Bob ended up raising funds and providing for the the care of those Kenyan children and seeing to the supplying of that orphanage. And he made such a splash there in Kenya that the president of Kenya invited him to his his palace, invited Bob to his palace. And and while he was there, Bob had a a frank conversation with the president advocating for the prisoners of of conscience, conscience in that country. And later, those same prisoners were released. The US Secretary of State called Bob up on the phone and asked him, "How'd you do that?" The United States government's been trying to seek their release for for some time now, and we couldn't. But you did. Well, there was no mystery to Bob how it happened. God had guided him to pray for Kenya, and wonderful things were happening. Folks, let me posit a possibility to you this morning. If you and I were truly listening to God, I believe that we would see wonderful things happening in our lives too. In Kenya, or maybe in Henderson, hearing is not the same as listening. When you listen to someone, you're saying, you really are important to me. And, of course, the most important listening that we can do is to listen to God. Remember what Paul said. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. Notice that he didn't say that faith comes from talking. And faith doesn't come from doing. Faith comes from hearing. And it only happens when we listen. An old priest named Eli told young Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to his bed. The Lord came and stood there, calling as he had the other times. Samuel. 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 And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Speak, for your servant is listening. What a simple but powerful prayer that is. Speak, for your servant is listening. Are you listening to the people around you? especially to those who are closest to you? And more importantly, are you listening to God? A positive, fulfilling life awaits you. God has tremendous things for you to do. And how do you know what they are? Just listen. Amen. Closing heart, our closing sing, song. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. You know what I gotta say to you. I don't. I, I don't really have an issue with the song, but I do a little bit because I. I, I gotta say to you that. Jesus is always speaking to our hearts. The question is, are we listening? So let's listen as we sing. And as we pray together, speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Young Samuel, ministering in the temple, we are ready to serve You. Like Jesus' first disciples, we are ready to follow You. Like the early church, we are ready to glorify You. Here we are, Lord. We have heard Your call upon our lives. And now, with the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, may we carry that call into your
1: world.